Today's show is sponsored by Fino's Barbershop, located at 11230 Grandview Avenue, Silver Spring, Maryland. If you're looking for a barbershop where you can just sit in a chair and just relax, go to Fino's. They have master barbers who know how to cut with precision. You can see any of the barbers. You don't have to go and worry like, can this guy cut? Can that guy cut? They all can cut at Fino's. See Jeremy, Smerlin, Javi, or Andy. You can set up an appointment right now. Just go to finosbarbershop.com. Tell them Law sent you. Now on our show. You are listening to Black Sports 980. Welcome back. It's BLK Sports 980. I'm your host, Laws in the building. Uh, we got Aaron. Jeff will be joining us a little later. We got a special, special guest joining us a little bit later. Um, D back on vacation. Shaq been on vacation. Uh, and he's still on vacation. Yeah. Um, but we're going we gonna to get him back on the show sooner than later. Uh, yeah. Today is it was hot, dog. My goodness, it was. A, it's been a scorches for this 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 week so far. Like you know, what I'm saying, man, you can cook hot dogs outside, bro. It's, it's it's really hot out there. Um, but in our world, we always like to start off with the little news. You know, what I'm saying like BOK news at the beginning. But there was riots over the weekend in Milwaukee, and apparently. There was a, a shooting of a guy. I think the, the guy's name was uh, Seville Smith. Uh, was killed on Saturday after he had fled from, I guess, which is different in this case, but a black police officer um, that stopped him for acting suspiciously. And, you know, they're saying that he was carrying an illegal handgun and refused orders to drop it. And then he was shot. And it's a lot of like, you know, convolution around the details of this whole matter but the the city was you know I guess I guess where this this took place in Milwaukee is I guess it was in the hood um it was a lot of unrest and it caused them to just start vandalizing and just going crazy so today I think they put them on a citywide curfew to try to you know calm the waters or whatever and I think things are calm now I don't know there's a video circulating of this dude who did not, it was like, I guess he was on a block. You saw the jump, right, Aaron? The dude was on the, on the block and he was just telling him like, y'all want this to stop. It was real emotional. That's his brother. Um, oh, that's his brother. Oh. Major plot key. Dickens. Yeah, because I was like, man, my, my brother, he he might need to be a preacher, young. When he was talking with conviction on that, uh, I'm sure you can find it if you just, you know, look it up. Young but uh, too. Yeah, young dude too. And uh, you could tell the, uh, the 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 newscaster dude, he was like a little, like he didn't know how, which way it was going to go. Cause he was just like, all right, uh, we're talking with, uh, you know, Seville Smith's brother, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, he's 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 uh, told us that he will uh, refrain from using profanity. Like I never even heard him put that disclaimer out there, never. but you know, <laughs> he was like, it's live TV. And he said he won't use profanity or whatever. And my brother, I mean, he went in, and 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 I and I I feel, you know, what he said, and it definitely resonated with me. 
um, you know, what he was saying, you know, in that, sh- that short period of time is that basically like the people that are that are that are called to protect and serve aren't doing their job of protecting and serving. And naturally, a byproduct of this is, you know, people acting out and vandalizing and doing these things. And he's saying that, you know, the response they're putting the responsibility on them, but really the responsibility is on the people who are the protectors and supposed to be the servers to really make the first gesture of of creating unity and peace and reaching out uh, to the people. And I, I was just like, man. And I mean, it was it was it was truth. You know, he was speaking truth. Um, and I, I definitely appreciated his uh, transparency, and, you know, and what he was saying and, you know, kind of just not to ramble on too much, but, you know, I kind of said some things about like the, the Good Samaritan, you know, it's a Bible story. We read the Bible over here, BLK Sports 980. But, you know, just talking about like, it's easy for us to like look at someone and be like, they're messed up. They had these issues. This happens in their own community, all these different things. But, you know, it's a little different when you, when you, you know, you put yourself in the other person's shoes and Unfortunately, we live in a world where people don't want to, they don't want to try on other person's shoes. You know what I'm saying? And it really really saddens me, you know what I'm saying? But nonetheless, that's what happened over the weekend. They finally calmed down. You got United Throws on there, Aaron? Nah, I I mean, I kind of got fatigued uh, with these kind of situations. I've kind of avoided it. Um, And I don't know enough to speak on it, like, factually, so... Yeah, slow up in there. Uh, on the entertainment power, they did a, a major, major, major spin on the on the on the show. I actually, I think I might have called it on on our show a couple weeks back about what was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? We we had our predictions out there, or maybe I was on the Wes Buffy podcast. I might have might have might have been the week I was on there, and we were talking about the show. But yeah, it it took a spin, and I, I'm just. You don't care. You seen it, John Aaron, right? Yeah, you just gotta edit the spoiler alert in the joint. Spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> nah, you know what you should do? You should just start talking about the joint. Don't even tell the Bible. Like, yeah, young Holly died. The other slim <laughs> got bucked and in the street. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> just, just, just put it all out there for the people. But he's an idiot. Don't listen to this. He's an idiot. Yeah, nonetheless, I mean, to me, this is the thing. The show's all right. It's a good show. Or whatever, if for strictly for entertainment purposes. But young, there's a lot of like holes in the storyline. And I know people just watch it for entertainment, but there's a lot of holes. Like, like the the ex dude coming back onto the force, like, you know what I'm saying? And working with Angela again. Like, where they do that in the government, young? If there's a pending sexual harassment suit on somebody. They are not bringing them back on the force. They're getting shipped to another district or they're they're making sure that they're not in the same vicinity as one another. If there's a restraining order or whatever, those things are in place, like they're not going to be in the same proximity. Like that just does not happen. Then on top of that, when Holly took the money to the, uh, this is, this is recap, but when Holly took the money to the, to the, to the gangster Jamaican Bahamas, where they, what gangsters do you know just accept 10 stacks from a stranger that they've never met. Boy, if you don't get I mean a white woman race, race aside, but white a white woman at that just comes out of nowhere talking about, yeah, he's the target. Like, first of all, a real gangster just gonna take your money and just be like, it's 10 stacks. Oh, okay, all right, bet. And just yeah. just rough you off. Like they're not gonna try to negotiate. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, what you say, Aaron? Exactly, young. No hard, no cold hard gangsters gonna be negotiating with random bammers off the street that they've never met a day in their life. If anything, they gonna give you the easy pass because you, because you out there thinking it's sweet. Like I just, man, Jones. It's just a lot of holes in the storyline. So my brain never shuts off. So even when I'm watching it, I'm like, come on, dog, come on, come on. You know what I'm saying? So that's that. On a good note, brighter side. I'm going to put y'all on to something different. There's a new series on on Netflix. The joint is called The Get Down. H- have you seen the joint yet, Aaron? I still haven't seen it yet. Dog, you got you to gotta watch it. it it's, it's a Netflix series. It's six episodes. It's starring Justin Smith and Horizon. Uh, I'm trying to get her name right. Gar- Guardia- Guardiola, I think that's his. But Horizon Guardiola, she plays a, a, a young girl by the name of Maylene Cruz. And the dude, Justin Smith, he plays a dude named Ezekiel. And it's like, it's co-produced by uh, Nas, the rapper, y- your favorite rapper, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> co-produced by him. And it's pretty it's pretty good, though. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, one of the other co-star characters who really, like, kind of shines in, in, the, in, the, in the show a lot, his name is Shamik Moore. Um, and he plays Shaolin, fantastic. But it's it's basically take place in the '80s or where uh, you know disco was dying out and the emerge of hip hop. You know the b boys, break dancing and turntables, all that type of stuff. You know, like at the very beginning of it, and that's when it takes place. It takes place in the Bronx, and it just really covers these young people's stories and how they were just um, coming about in the whole movement and stuff like that, uh, like hip hop, whatever. But the show, the acting is on 99. It's pretty good. Um, you know, there's a couple things I was like, come on, man. Like, we, it didn't need that. But as far as the acting, acting's on 99. The uh, character's on 99. Like, you know, it, at first it comes off as like a WB show to a little bit. Like, how it... Right, you already know. It do. I mean, not a... And, and don't that's a knock to it but it's not really a knock like you'll see what I mean if you start watching it it just has it's a musical kind of a little bit so it gets it gives you the WB feel but it's some serious like adult themes Jones not for kids you know what I'm saying but it, it's a good it's a good show now if you, you get a chance check that out that's 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 what's on Netflix right now rocking um that new series now on the sports we there Tyrod Taylor, dog. So we didn't get to talk about this, but like a week or so ago, this Bama accepted a deal where it was on paper, what was it, five years, 90 million? Yeah. So when it when it got when it first came out, they were like, yeah, Tyrod Taylor signs an extension, five years, 90 million. And then it was like, okay, bet. And everybody was like, yeah, or everybody was happy for Tyrod Taylor. But when you look at the breakdown on the money. And what they they gave this Bama, it's it doesn't look that nice to me, young. Nah, Bob. And I'm really trying to figure out what what was the motivation behind taking this deal. Um, I mean, it's to me, it's still a bet on myself deal. But just to kind of clarify, so people know what I'm talking about. So basically, the Buffalo Bills are paying an extra 7.5 million now for the ability to dictate the future of Tyrod Taylor. Um, so his extension is a five-year, $90 million extension um, with another another $20 million available in incentives and escalators um, in the, down the line in the future. But right now, 
The bills are on the books for $9.5 million. That's $2 million Taylor was due last year or in or yeah, in last year's contract, his old, his old contract, and then plus $7.5 million a raise for this year. So he was basically making $2 million last year. Or he was he was standing to make two million this year, and so he got a raise of seven point five million that gives him nine point five. Um, but next year they can basically cut him. You know what I'm saying? And if he gets signed back to the roster, he would get an additional twelve million. Well, he would make fifteen million next year um, with the team option if they they keep him on, and then he would get an additional twelve million, which would give him twenty seven point five million total in 2017. And it's all guaranteed for injury and all that type of stuff. Um, then after that, he would get, you know, you know how the contracts break down. So the longer you on, they put they try to backload the money. So the longer you're on, the more money you get at the end of your contract. But the truth be told, none of these players ever like get to that that part of their contract. So they never really see that money. So if they don't like Tyrod Taylor's player this year, he's out of there. They giving him the boot, and that's a fact. I think they giving him the boot. If he don't, if he's not top three quarterback in the league, they going to give right. him the boot. I just can't see them paying him twenty seven million just to be a regular running the mill quarterback, especially if Rex Ryan and that offense go seven and nine. What do you think? I mean, I think you're exactly right. Like the way the contract is structured, it basically gives the team an incentive to cut him after this year. And then on top of that, it's like this type of thing is so unfortunate to me because, I mean, $2 million is nothing as far as quarterbacks go in the NFL. But at the same time, you basically put a ceiling on what you can earn going forward no matter how did you play. He could be the MVP this year, and he won't be able to play out that $90 million deal that he signed. And it, I mean, I just think it's ridiculous, like for $7.5 million this year. That's and what I'm saying. Beyond that, so if they cut him at the end of the year, they don't owe him a dime. Outside a dime, dog. No. He. This is the thing. I thought for for there was a chance that he was going to bet on himself and he was going to play. Because this is the thing. Tyrod Taylor is a decent quarterback. He's not great, and Raphael will probably, you know, I don't know. He probably argued me down on his whole point, whatever. Um, but to me, he's a he's a middle of the road quarterback. But so is Brock Osweiler. You know what I'm saying? Same applies. But I feel like if he could produce the same level or slightly better than he did last year, as far as his numbers are concerned, he was going to get a payday no matter what. He was right. going to get a raise. He was going to get way point, more than $7 million. Yeah, to your point, he outplayed Brock this year. Like, his numbers, what, he had 20 and 5 or something like that? 20 and yeah. 6, something like that? Yeah. Brock's numbers weren't close to that. Even though he didn't play the entire season, when he did play, like even the ratio isn't near that. So it's just like I just don't. I don't understand. I mean, I get it, but though I'm gonna tell you what happened. His agent got impatient, or he strapped for cash. I don't. I don't know what it is, though. Because to me, just this does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. You just play through this. Well, well, I'm. This was my thoughts initially when I first saw it. That he took the deal because. He felt pressure from the guys behind him. Now, it might not have been real pressure, but he may have felt the pressure from the coaching staff that they were going to go to one of their other young quarterbacks, which they had behind him, which is Cardell Jones, and they have the, the other the other young boy, E.J. Emanuel, and 
I'm sure in practice, you know, they probably were like, well, if he's not going to sign a deal with us, then we're going to make him feel like he's going to be out of here. And he won't, you know what I'm saying? He won't get the money or he won't get a chance to really like improve his resume. You know what I'm saying? So to me, this is a panic. You know? He panicked. He panicked. He was like, if I don't, if I don't take this contract, then they're going to, they're going to, sh- cut my time and I won't be able to prove myself and I'll be back at square one trying to get on the team and be a backup and stuff. At least I could be a starter here. And then if I do well, then I'll still get more money. But he just cut himself so short. Like these leagues, the NFL, they make so much money. Yeah? And the thing is, they they just, yeah, the league, NFL is the mafia, dog. These Bamas be, <laughs> this is the, this is so cruddy. And it's like, I don't know what kind of financial situation he's in. I don't know if Tyrod Taylor got kids or whatever, whatever. But this is a short-sighted decision on his part. A very short-sighted decision. I mean, you the uh, NFL season is only, what, six six months? Not even that. What, it, and this is September to January, right? right. So, so basically four months. Four, you couldn't wait four months? Can't do it. Bruh, at the very least, he was gonna make 15 million and and get a get a deal somewhere maybe maybe five years 46 million and 28 guaranteed that's the money you get now off break you might never see that money he was gonna get that off break so i don't i just well to play devil's advocate maybe he just said forget it i'm gonna take this seven and a half million dollars they're gonna cut me anyway it's gonna be like being a free agent anyway so, you know what I mean? Maybe he said, I'm just going to take the money and then see what happens at the end of the year. But, I mean, I'm with you. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, he hurt his value. He hurt his value because in, in the minds of the uh, the other teams, it's like, oh, you took that $7 million, so we going to lowball you. You think you think he's going to get the, the high money now when he comes in and negotiations, contracts and stuff? They're going to be like... Nah, dog. We giving you six million. You know what I'm saying? Like they gonna just lowball him to the floor and just wait for him to just yield. You know what I'm saying? It, you, yeah, man. He 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 set a precedence for himself. You know the league always talking about. You know you always hear that. Like you know they don't want to set a precedence. Well, he did for himself. Now, like you said, Aaron, his junk capped off. He can't even. They not gonna pay him above a certain figure it's, unless he's like the MVP, which is highly unlikely with that Rex Ryan offense. That's just that's just facts. Speaking Cap. of Bills and the Rex Ryan uh, team, Marcel Darius, this is a little tidbit. Come on, man, PEDs? Is that what he got him for? No, nah, for or was right, it uh, drug abuse? Substance drug abuse? The marijuana? No! I don't know which substance it is. <laughs> oh my goodness, dog! When would these Bamas learn, dog? To stay off to the Chief Keith, dog. When would they learn? Come on now, big fella. Put the weed down, big fella. You know you're not a smoker. Every time you get high, you get paranoid. Just wait until after you get tested the one time during the whole year, like, and it usually happens by the time training camp is over or preseason is over. But these Bamas just cannot wait to get it in their system. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it, dog. You messing up your money. You messing up your life. So he's suspended for four games, which which is, I mean, I, is this his second offense or this is his first offense? I think you get a warning with your first offense and then suspended on the second, or you go in the program with your first offense and then suspended on the second. Failed test. Oh, 
but I have yeah, to man. Jump crazy, dog. So now he he on the sideline looking in. Um, it's just I, I just don't even get it, dog. I don't I don't even get it. You know, but never one bites the dust. Four game suspension. Did you hear? Did you hear about Roger Goodell? Um, saying that the, the the players indicted in the uh, Al Jazeera report, if they don't show up to to um, show up to have a meeting about it, then they gonna get suspended. Yep. Collective bargaining agreement. They made so him they football god. You, you say what? They made him football god. He can do what he wants to do. No, they treating these bamas like they in high school, dog. <laughs> See, you give you they send a paper to the classroom and you better go to the principal's office to get suspended. I'm just the thing is, Peyton Manning ain't had to come in for no talk to, no one on one. No, I think he did though. He cooperated off the break. But he knew he was out the league, so he wasn't tripping. Bama <laughs> <laughs> said, I'm gown. Y'all can't get me. But dang. So yeah, nonetheless, they gotta go in and report to Roger. What was what was the general off the Godfather? What was that bad off the <laughs> Nucky Thompson? Somebody they gotta report to the <laughs> to the main boss, though. To get 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 cleared. Um, Usain Bolt victory in the one hundred with the pitcher looking to the side like Gotti, <laughs> Gotti. <laughs> you saw the, you saw the picture, Aaron? Yeah, I saw it. And smiling, cheesing on the way to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that don't. Yeah, first of all, that was a that was a a perfect picture. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm sure they were trying to get the right the right picture, and he was just like looking over at the cam, like you got him, got him. Uh, yeah, and he got he got the he got the win. On the flip side, the women's the only you know what I'm saying the women the 400 meters. You saw the young and dive through the finish line. Yeah, I saw it, but I. Don't, like, I don't follow racing enough to know that was not the right thing to do. Like, I saw people feeling like that was the most egregious <laughs> thing that ever happened. I'm like, it's a race. Whoever get across first, you know what I mean? I thought that's just, you do what you got to do, but apparently it's not that way. Yeah, dog. She 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 had to make it make it happen any way she could. And she was like, I'm, I'm trying to go for gold. I mean, she said she that's, what, that's all was on her mind. Like, that was her default to just dive across the jump to go for gold. So... I mean, I don't really blame her. I don't really have that much of an issue with it, but I just, I mean, does this mean in every race now, when Bama's get close to the finish line, everybody's going to dive? Like, I mean, they're going to turn the finish line to first base or second base at the, at the Bama's just diving across the jump? It's about to be out of control. That might change, that might change the game, though. You think that, you think people are now going to dive across, Aaron? Like, first, it has to be like a photo finish for that to even be like a strategy. Second of all, these babas are like super duper skinny. I just can't see them diving on that hard surface and just, you know what I mean? Like that being the thing. Somebody gonna get hurt and it's gonna be a wreck. They don't care if they get hurt, dog. They get the, the, the gold member. They don't care. She she dove across the jump and just laid there. And then when they when she looked up and seen she won, you know, I I guess it was it's all worth it after that. Cause you know they get money, they get money for the the uh, the goals. You know, if they get gold or do they get silver or whatever, whatever. So, you know, what I'm saying they're looking trying to they definitely want to get gold. 
Oh, it's money involved? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dog. It's like, like I think, I don't know the exact quotes and don't quote me, but I know there's money involved in the medals that you get. But it's like like 20000 for gold, like like 10000 for silver, and like 5000 for bronze. Or some, it's something like that. I'm not saying those are the exact numbers. You know, don't quote me. But it's something like that. You know what I'm saying? So... So it if you if you got a difference between gold and silver, then I'm trying to get gold. And Sean 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 A. Miller was trying to get gold. And I feel bad a little bit for Allison Felix, you know, the USA youngin. I guess she was in the runnings to get a like break a record as far as like all time medals or whatever. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Thank you guys who tune in to the BLK Sports 980 podcast, representing the DMV. Right quick, just want to encourage you to please subscribe to our channel on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you also follow us at BLK Sports 980 on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. You can even email us your thoughts, show topics, and more at BLKSports980 at gmail.com. Last but not least, let's spread this word. Now back to our show. Uh, joining us right now, we got uh, the doctor, Justin Gordon. Welcome to the show, my friend. Fellas, fellas, appreciate you having me on, man. What's good? What's good, doctor? Right What's now. up, man? Just wanted to give my two cents, listen to the show all the time. Appreciate you. So right off, off starters, you know what I'm saying? Before I let you go on your little rant about the skins and how you want going on them. <laughs> <laughs> what what's going on in the, in with all these injuries that these guys are getting? Like, is it because they not stretching? Is it because they are not in shape? Is it you know what I'm saying? I know Josh Doxson, he got the I don't know. They said that it was a minor issue that was going on with him, but now he's missed almost all the training camp. Um, what are you? What are you? What is your diagnosis? Oh, he missed. He actually missed all his training camp. I think he only participated in like one practice of the, of the rookie mini camp, and he's been out since then. There's a there's a couple different theories on, um, you know, injuries that have over the last couple of years they seem to be more more prevalent. Uh, the main theory out there is that before this last uh, collective bargaining agreement, they were able to practice a lot more during the offseason. But um, the players' union took a lot of those voluntary practice. I mean, a lot of the mandatory practices out. So the theory is that players aren't in shape like they used to be coming into training camp because they're not getting the, the specific team work uh, that that they used to get with the with the team trainers. Um, so I, you know that that's what some people say. And then there's also the theory out there that uh, the PEDs have become so rampant in sports, particularly football, that the muscles are too big for the joints. And, and, and anytime you have that, when you use PEDs, your, your muscle fibers can get big, but the tendons don't grow with it. So it puts more stress on tendons and, and, and they can become more susceptible to injury. So, you know, a couple different theories out there. Bottom line is, and, you know, I, I think you know, it could be the band was just soft now. You know, they cater to they don't they don't push through injuries as much as they used to. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I could rant about that all day, but uh, you know, it's just you know, pick your theory. 
lot of them out there. So what do, what do what do you see like normally like you know if somebody comes in and they're saying you know my my hamstring is tight like what do you what do you prescribe is is how to how to heal that you know what I'm saying I play flag football and when the weather gets a little cold you know I've I've tweaked my hammy a little bit like what can I do can I accelerate the healing process or because you especially when football starts like last year it was Deshaun Jackson this bad was out for half the year I'm like come on dog is your hamstring really like string cheese right now like come on man so i'm yeah. trying to figure out like what's the what is the remedy like you know or what's a, a normal time frame for a hamstring or to be pulled or whatever like that i mean it's hard to say it depends first of all on the degree of the strain you know a muscle strain really is actually a muscle tear so uh, you can have a full tear you can have a partial tear you can have you know a lot of different types of injuries like the degree depends on how long the recovery is and then it's also about pain tolerance you know some guys are willing to push through pain and other guys like Deshaun Jackson he ain't you know he had a hangnail he gonna sit out three weeks so you know it really depends on the athlete what I what I um, will prescribe when it comes to hamstring strains and what you see often a lot of people will prescribe stretching and strengthening certain things I tend to I tend to find that it's, it's more a muscle imbalance thing and specifically with hamstrings your glutes, your, your glutes need to be taking more of the load than the hamstrings do, and people are putting more in their hamstrings because they're not their they're, their glutes aren't strong enough. I know I'm talking specifically, but but a lot of times it's a muscle imbalancing. So the idea is to find out where the, where the athlete or where the person is weak, and then try to balance things out. And then what you'll find is people recover a lot a lot more quickly. Major key to success. So, so what about what about these knees? Now, well, I'm, I'm taking it off the hamstring. I'm bringing it over to the knees now. Uh, yeah. A lot of these guys is getting these knee injuries, ACL, MCL. You know, uh, uh, Sheldon Rankins. He broke his fibula, which is uncommon. Yeah. Really, yeah. I mean, that could be just a weight issue. But um, these knees, like you know, you're seeing a lot of guys going down with with knee injuries and. ACLs, like, is that because uh, they eat McDonald's and they don't have, you know, nutrients in their system? Or don't listen to this. he's an idiot. All right, well, what what, what is what is that coming from? I yeah, seem like it's seen, up. You've seen that in all sports. You've seen it across football, basketball. You know, um, theory is the theory with that is that you're seeing it also, and where I see it more, a lot of younger athletes are tearing their ACLs more often. And, and bodies aren't getting rest like they used to. Um, cross training is so key. When I was a kid, you know, I played all sports. Basketball, baseball, a little football, you know, flat run that, but on basketball. But, you know, I even played golf. I, I did everything. But now, guys are, are just playing one sport um, as kids. And so what happens is those same muscles, those, the same repetitive activity leads to breakdown. So you're seeing players that used to get rest um, by playing a different sport. They're not getting that rest. Their bodies aren't getting that rest like they used to. Major key to success. So let's say take a pitcher. Uh, I know you asked about a knee, but let's take a pitcher in his elbow. Like, you know, if a pitcher just pitches year-round, his elbow's not getting rest. If a football player is just training year-round, not playing basketball, those specific football movements are happening over and over and over again. And our bodies aren't designed to take that wear and tear without getting the proper amount of rest. 
So it's leading to more and more injuries. And, and a lot of therapists, a lot of you know, orthopedic sports surgeons are, are saying you guys need to start cross-training more, playing different sports, and, you know, letting your bodies just, you know, your tendons and your muscles take the breath that, that they need. Yeah, yeah, that, that actually is a, one of the, that's a good answer, dog, because I, I didn't really even think about that or, or factor that in, but you, you're right. I'm thinking about myself. I've never, praise God, never had no real serious knee injuries, you know, a little sprain here and there, but nothing serious. And I just like you, I played a lot of different sports. I guess I guess you, your body definitely needs that rest and, and the level in which they going at it. I mean, yeah. we, somebody was asking me how, how you know, my, my nephew got into the league whatever and just like had to play all the time you know what I'm saying that yeah, constant repetition yeah. it, it just it can yeah. just take its toll on your on your body so since I know you want to tell us man what, what's up with these skins uh, what, what, what you got them going this year man I I mean first let me just put it out there Justin Gordon is, is a Redskins fan um, representing the, the Burgundy and Gold what, what you see the, the Redskins doing this year through and through, yeah, to my core. I got the skin, you know, pumping through my veins. It's a sickness. I'm not even back, I'm not in the area, but, you know, I moved to Orlando, but still, I don't miss a play. And, and I, because of all the, the futility over the years, have been conditioned to be a, a pessimist, unfortunately. So I, I often project the worst-case scenario, but I did get a little bit of hope last year, um, you know, with the quarterback. Ability. I know you're not big on cousins. I know how you feel, but I felt like there's stability there, some things potentially to grow on towards the end of the season. Um, I think best case scenario, we go nine and seven. Boy, if you don't get, I, I said nine and seven. I maybe we can get another one out there because division is kind of weak. But I don't think even if we make the playoffs, we can beat any of the top NFC teams because we just don't have the type of talent that these other teams, Arizona. Carolina, Green Bay. We don't have that type of talent, you know, on, on both sides of the ball. We got some at the skill positions, but particularly on the O-line and D-line, we just don't got it like that. So I think um, we could win the division. You know, I think the Giants got a chance to win the division too. I don't think Philly and Dallas really got anything. But, um, you know, I, that's that's kind of where I see things. So you got us going 11-5. and five. That's what you're saying, basically. Uh, what? Bro, what are you talking about, nah, man? Not at, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I ain't gonna even do that. Not at all. Yeah. So, okay. I think we could be some good teams. I think we could be some good teams. Like, you know, we usually lose a couple games to bad teams because we don't have no consistency. So, you know, I think that will even out somewhere around eight and eight or nine and seven. Okay. So let me ask you before before we let you go for the day and thank you for joining us. We got in the last sixty seconds. Tell us what you looking for in these preseason games, man. I'm looking for position battles, man. I, I, I know we got some position battles. We got a couple on the D-line. We got one strong safety. I think D'Angelo's locked in at three. I want to see if Bruton or Ian Acho is going to take that starting spot. You know, I want to see how we can generate some sort of pass rush. I know we're going to keep things kind of vanilla. Um, we ain't really going to show a lot of blitzes and all that like they do in preseason. But I would just like to see, especially in the third preseason game, us to move the ball. The running game blowing me, but, you know, it is what it is. So I would like to see us move the ball. Um, Kirk look accurate. You know, I don't really care about the deep ball right now, but, you know, it, the preseason doesn't show a lot. I just don't want anybody to get hurt, man. As a therapist, injuries just tear me up inside. I know how hard these guys work. The Gillette joint blew me so much. I felt bad for them. So, you know, that's that's what I'm looking for, man. I just, just want everybody to come through healthy. And then, you know, once once we see Pittsburgh Monday night, get that W. Indeed, indeed, dog, indeed.
Pittsburgh get that W. Well, I got a 60-40 in favor of Pittsburgh right now. What you got? Uh, if I had to put money on you, Pittsburgh probably going to come in this joint. <laughs> mud hole. Nah, they can't come in here mud hole the stone. They can't yeah. do that. I, I, I appreciate that Le'Veon Bell suspension, though. That was a good look. So no, did they uphold it? It's not. It, you got you to the 18th. The 18th, they think, say he might be. He said he might be there week one, man. The coaches in, in Pittsburgh saying he might be there week one. So yeah. don't hold your breath, bro. Don't yeah. hold your we breath. We might have to put it. We might have to have somebody spike the Bama's drink or something. Just, just don't even <laughs> Yeah. Invite yeah. them to Dream Light Club and have them jumped out there on Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, thanks, man. Thank you, doctor, for joining us, man. Doctor uh, Justin Gordon, good good friend of ours, young good friend of the show. Thank you, appreciate you following us and, and 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 joining us today. And we'll get you on here again. You know, when we like five and five, six and six somewhere, <laughs> I, I'll bring you back on, yeah. We we can talk. No doubt, anytime. My pleasure, man. Talk to y'all later. All right, man. Yeah, that's my that's that's my guy, though. That's my guy. So since we got you on here now, and and you were the first one, I gotta give you props, uh, and just tell you, Jeff, that you were the first one to say that the the Browns would would be a different team this year and could possibly challenge for the playoffs this year. But what do you think of your boy RG3's first game, man? This it's gonna be crazy because you know me. I get to check out everything, yeah. but it's been so hectic, like that I didn't even get the chance to you know to check it out. So I didn't see no highlights. It's just <laughs> I've been busy, as you know. What? Just, yeah, exactly. I know. It's oh. I haven't hey. had. I haven't had the chance at all. That's just how how busy these last about four or five days have been. So, yeah, I I I, I, I regretfully <laughs> don't have any, anything. Aaron, to add. Aaron, Aaron, what was your what were your thoughts on RG three? Well, what do you think about RG 3s performance? Yeah, on the first drive, I was kind of psyched. I was like, the Browns about to be a problem. But then, like in the second drive, um, it just looked like. He's, he's not comfortable standing back there. And, of course, the whole line didn't look great. But once that pressure starts coming, it's like he defaults back into that, like, skittish mode. His legs, like, they look like Linguini standing in the pocket. It just doesn't look like a football <laughs> player frame. And it just makes me uncomfortable, like, nervous on every play that, you know what I mean, that which hit is going to be the hit. Yeah. I got all of that, though. I got, he like, his legs look like deer legs, like, yeah. Like they just like like just just not like not stable and not like firmly you know on the foundation like when like you watch Aaron Rodgers and stuff like they yeah like a giraffe that's exactly what he looked like a giraffe dog like if he just well, get why? pushed in the wrong he just why he just didn't look is? like why like I don't know why dog I don't know like he just like Aaron was saying he looked a little skittish and, and the thing is. He he was throwing a lot of his passes just with straight up upper body. Like you could just see. And he was getting them there. Like, you know, but when he would like go into the pocket and he would kind of bounce around, he just looked real 
it, I, my heart, like, you know, when we watch RG3 from before, where you just like, every time he's in the pocket, you taking deep breaths, like, oh, like, is he going to get hurt? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's going to happen? I still was feeling that. Like, he didn't seem to me like poised or calm. And that could be he just not all the way totally familiar with the system. But to me, it it didn't look that way. It looked like this is who he is. And that's that that really troubles me. You know what I'm saying? Because I really want RG3 to be good and do good. But Aaron Aaron said he need to get in the gym and just work on his lower body. And yeah, his lower body kinda, does not look like a football body or a quarterback. Anyway, now you think you think it's like the lower half, really? Like he yeah. got like two that, big legs or whatever. That, like, yeah, he looks Aaron. really gangly. And like soon as guys like I know part of that is the previous injuries. Soon as guys start breaking through the pocket, it's like he starts pity patting in the pocket. You know what I mean? Right. And then with those little skinny legs, it just doesn't look natural. It looks like an injury waiting to happen. Off the field, big fella. Your ankles been broke, big fella. You got duck feet, big fella. Get off the, the field. The funny thing is, like, we know he's like strong as an ox, even in that lower um, lower half, because like his his uh, squats was like something crazy in his leg press, but. It's just like, you know, some people, even though they'll be stronger, it doesn't really show that they put on muscle, like, but they're just strong pound for pound, you know? And I just think that's what it is with RG3. I don't think he'll ever really be able to, like, pack on any, like, muscle that shows, like, to, like, his legs, you know? So I think that just, you know, he just has to mentally get over it. And it's it's still weird because he, he's been out you know, for a year because he didn't play at all last year. So you would think that he shouldn't have those type of thoughts anymore. But yeah, I'm part, just... part of that that I would give him is the O-line looked bad in that second drive. I don't know if they, mm-hmm. after the first drive, they took the starters out. But in the second drive, the whole offense just looked discombobulated. Dang, on top of that, there. he was taking a hit every play. Like he, I, he was still taking hits. And you can't have your quarterback taking hits like this. I don't. I don't care if they got nah, legs like, like a full by full. What? You know what I'm saying? It don't matter if they're getting hit every play. Um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is a big quarterback who, you know what I'm saying? But he takes hits, and then eventually he's missing games. And I just don't know how many hits. The very first play of the game, RG3 threw a 50 yard pass to Terrell, Terrell Pryor, right? And he got hit on that play. And he was like hunched over, like he like he got the wind knocked out of him. I'm just like, they moved the formation into mass protect so you could throw the ball deep down the field. How did you get hit? I just don't like if you get hit in mass protection, either your offensive line is just pure doo-doo, or I don't know what I don't know what else to say. Like, or you not you running into the hit. And on that play, like he let the ball go super early for a 50-yard pass. Like, as soon as the receiver got 15 yards down the field, he let it go. So that's how I'm like, how much of that is him and how much of that is just like, it seems like he finds D lineman like, on every snap. <laughs> Dog, that man was a magnet. Like, he just got a <laughs> magnet on his chest. As soon as he go back in the pocket, it's like, where the closest D lineman? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and there's nothing he can do. I don't, I, I just, to me, I will, after that watching that one game, crazy. That'd be a hilarious skit, by the way. Nah, I just did a skit last year on RG3 not being able to slide. And that jump won Academy Awards and everything. But, boy, if you don't... But 
if he don't learn how to not get hit, and I don't know if Hugh Jackson's trying to coach him into that, they talking to him about it, whatever, but he has to, like, he has to take himself out of harm's way. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he, I, I don't know. I'm going to go every play. Get this every play. I mean, he made some good throws. Don't get it twisted. And he made he made one bad critical throw. But I mean, there's a lot of things. He threw a pick in the game. Um, I mean, to me, he was. You know how like you know how like if you playing Madden and you got you got the little flat the Batman and flats wide open, but you want to try to like take the shot. That's what it was. Like he didn't have to throw the pass to the to the. He threw it to the tight end, but. It was a little off target, and the jump got the Bama picked the jump off. That was amazing. That was what uh, high from yeah. Uh, Green Bay. Yeah, it was an amazing interception. But I mean, I don't know, man. I'm definitely be watching, you know, all his preseason games, or whatever, whatever. Um, especially speaking of other quarterbacks, uh, Dak Prescott had a nice showing for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, we thought, and I, I mean, well, I'm not gonna say we. I'm gonna say I thought that Jerry Johnson was was pulling by his legs when he was like, we don't need another quarterback. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Jer- Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, my bad. He had Jerry Johnson fired that man. <laughs> and uh, after he won the Super Bowl, by the way. So I'm used to him making bad decisions and you know what I'm saying, whatever. And that Prescott had a very impressive showing. Very impressive. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on Aaron? I mean, I thought he played, you know what I mean, as well as you can play in the preseason. And and he played with the ones because uh, Tony Rumble's still out. So um, I was always kind of high on him when Dallas made the pick. And I think he'll end up being Dallas's quarterback in the next couple of years. Now, if, let's say this. Week, let's say week two, Tony Romo is looking like some doo-doo. Like he looked like, <laughs> no, let's say, let's say week four, Tony Romo is 0-4. His arm looking like noodle soup. He just, you know what I'm saying? He just looking like he's on a decline. Which happens to quarterbacks? Do you do you feel confident to make the switch and go to Dak Prescott? Not that early. Not four weeks into the season. Because mm. they have to change the whole offense to suit him. He's not ready to run like Dallas's standard offense. But, mm. I mean, you could make it work, but you know that's not the way those offensive coaches do. So... Going on to the next quarterback, Jerry Goff, St. Louis Rams. They are, if I have, well, when we get the easy passes that's given out, I, I got mine reserved. But Jerry Goff was out there, and he was looking like some, I mean, he had some good throws, but he was looking like a rookie quarterback to me. You know what I'm saying? He looked like a rookie quarterback. Now, I understand that he was playing with the, the, the th- what, the threes or twos and threes? Two. And twos. And they weren't they weren't really necessarily blocking for him. I think he, but he didn't look like. I mean, I don't know. Number one pick, you, they spent a lot to get this dude. So you want him to play better than he played. Um, Casey Keenum to me looked like the quarterback for that team. He looks like the guy. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where. Like it's just it's just one one week, you know what I'm saying? He he stills a rookie at the end of the day. I think in our new day and age with sports, everybody like expects uh, greatness like immediately. And the reality of it is like that's still not the case for every 
every player, every quarterback. Like some show fast signs, others not so much. But like I said, at the end of the day, this still is preseason. Like let's wait until you know we get into the regular season. Then we kind of are really going to know, and then we'll be able to, I think, have a good gauge and we look at his fight and his determination because. Obviously, as a rookie, you're going to have to overcome a lot, a lot of mistakes, a lot of, you know, uh, obviously on job training. So I think I think we we got to, you know, let it wait. I wouldn't uh, worry about it too, too much at this stage. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. There's growing pains with a rookie quarterback. But if I if I go on roof, Chris, and I order a steak and that don't taste then I pay sixty dollars for it. And the joint tastes like something from Arby's or something. I'm gonna have an issue, bro. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Like, if he's the first number one pick, he got to play like it. He got to step up. And I know that they're gonna do what they can to do to try to groom him or put him into that position. But that may actually be a detriment to that that franchise. You know what I'm saying? Because in that first game, with with I mean, it's it makes sense that Casey Keenan was was better at playing the, the quarterback position than Jared, Jared Goff because, I mean, he's been a quarterback in the league before. So he looked like he needs to be the starter and not Jared Goff. And I'm just, I mean, right now it looks to be like they're making it, they're trying to make that transition sooner than later when they don't have to. Where It's a couple of things that kind of play into that also. One, we already felt, well, I don't know about Jeff, but I know you and I both agreed that Carson, I mean, uh, Jared, what's his name? Golf. Jared Golf was going to be a bust in the league. Secondly, Jeff Fish is an idiot, and this was a marketing move because he's from California. They were moving to L.A. It's no way you take him first overall. This was like either the owner overshot the GM and the coach or just Jeff Fisher being Jeff Fisher. This is an idiot move. He's an idiot. To draft him number one overall. And just watching him, I mean, watching him play, he just, he doesn't look impressive at all. And it's not just, I mean, I understand it's the first preseason game, but you can see a guy's skills and, you know what I mean? When you see him on the field, it doesn't take uh, a whole season to see somebody. You can watch somebody play for five minutes and be like, oh, he looks like a pro or some guy's playing. you like, I don't know how long he's going to be in the league. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely, I mean, I caught him a bust uh, and and I'm sticking with it because right now, I mean, Carson Wentz looked better. All the Dak Prescott looked better. There's a lot of quarterbacks out here that don't even have as much as Jared Goff has in backing him that look better. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I mean, Wentz got hurt. He, I guess he cracked a rib or something in, in his game, but even with that, he still looked better. Um, so I, I I don't know what they're going to do with Jared Goff, but I, I know this much. If they pull a okie doke and had his Bama out there starting week one for them St. Louis Ram fans that have something to cheer about, they're going to be sadly mistaken because they're going to go 4-12 and 12 with Jared Goff. Guaranteed. With Casey Keenum, 7-9, and 8-8. But if they put Jared Goff in that jump, four and twelve, they'll be back picking at the at the front of the line again with a I coupon. Mean, I'm trying to tell you. Here's the thing. Like I said, I I hear what both of y'all are saying, and I'm not even saying that ultimately that either one of you will be wrong. All I'm saying is 
you know, get, give us some time. I don't, I don't remember what Jameis or Mariota looked like in their first preseason game. But my point is, n- neither would anyone because after you saw what the regular season held, you didn't care. So I just wanna, I just wanna get get there. You know, I don't want to take too much from it, um, and, and just see what happens. I mean, but like I said, you all have reason to feel that way. It's the same thing uh, that you mentioned earlier about RG three. Like we've watched a lot of RG three, so when you watch him and you see how he looks, and it's like it, he doesn't look comfortable then, you know, that's understandable. But, but like I said, there's a lot of, you know, actual NFL footage on RG3, you know, trying to play the quarterback position and play from the pocket. Golf, we just have his cow footage. And obviously, based on that, you two think he, he'll be a bust? He I didn't was, think he, he was a bust in college. He went 14 and 23. Boy, if you don't... 14 to 23? I think a lot... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not exaggeration. That's his real nah. No! No, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's trash. Yeah, what I was gonna say is that that uh, that is one of those those misleading stats because a lot of that came in his first year as a starter. I think I, I think that he might have won one game or something bad like that. So uh, you know, but I, I hear what you're saying. Like, I mean, typically, I'm 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 a guy who likes the quarterbacks and the quarterbacks who win in big games in college. I mean, now we all we don't necessarily always get that, but those are typically the ones I like. And like you said, he he didn't really win too much, and he didn't really win any big games. But like I said, I'm just not gonna condemn him yet. I'm gonna just wait to see in the regular season. Ah well, there's a lot of wait and sees. Wait and see. Uh, also, is on a. Didn't, didn't you say Christian Ponder got picked up by the 49ers today? Yeah, so, Lewis is on, uh, oh yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, I think he tore his ACL or something like that. So he out for the year. So they brought in Christian Ponder, who was some trash. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then they have they have uh, Kaepernick and Blaine Gabbert, who played like some trash. So I don't know, man. They, they that's that's a quarterback controversy battle we'll be watching. Uh, whatever quarterback situations out there. Paxton Lynch, he played he played pretty decent. Um, I said Mark Sanchez is he's the Spanish Rex Grossman dog. That, that's, <laughs> that's fact. That's facts. He just be slinging the ball everywhere and just whoa. What but of course interception. That's what happens when Mark Sanchez is your quarterback. Turnovers happen. Uh, so we'll be watching that. Uh, Aren't you glad that the Redskins don't have no quarterback controversy, Young? I mean, as of right now, it's... I would prefer it, actually. It's all quiet. It's all (laughs) quiet in Washington. Uh, As we come down to the end of our show, last on the docket, and I had it first, but then I I flipped the script. Cam Newton was interviewed by GQ. Uh, He was asked some questions about, you know, his life, about his, his baby and, you know his career and different things and decisions that he's made. And the question came up about racism. And so the question was, because I actually had to pull it up, uh, it said, do you feel like football fans are racist towards you? And so his response to that question was, it's not racism. Everybody's entitled to their their own opinion. So if it's not that, what do you think it is? So his response to that was, I'll let you be the judge. I don't look at it like that. 
I look at it like some people have certain beliefs and I have my own belief. And we can agree or disagree on certain things, but this is what makes sports so amazing that we can start a discussion around a table, in a newspaper, in magazines that will get people's attention. And that's what sports does. So to me, I see like, or I feel as though Cam Newton's just trying to be like politically correct. Like he's not trying to rustle any feathers. He's not trying to say anything that will bring undue scrutiny on him. Um, and so he's trying to dodge the question, but in trying to dodge the question, he's bringing heat from the other side because it now it sounds like he doesn't, he's not consciously aware of where his race plays in the whole matter of his, his life and him being a football player. Yeah, I think for me, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, like you said, he could have took the other route as far as answered the question, but I guess he probably viewed it as if he didn't have a specific example of somebody racist and then having proof of it, then he probably was like, I'm not going to go down that route one way, shape, or form. Now, he could have said, I'm sure there, that plays into some people's mind, but you know, I try not to look at it or view it that way. But instead of saying, I'm sure, maybe that does, he just didn't, you know, bring it up at all or mention at all and like I said my the only reason I could think that is because he he feels like you know I don't have any actual evidence to say this person was racist towards me so if I do say that this exists that people want to say what proof do you have to say that or this and then the third and, and maybe he just didn't want that headache oh you want proof Trayvon Martin uh yeah but I mean Laundry I'm Castillo. About, like I'm just talking about <laughs> But the question that they, it sounds like what you read, the question was directly directed at him, not necessarily society. Like you mm-hmm. asked, where does his race play in the sport of football? You know what I mean? Not necessarily what's going on in society. Aaron? Like when I saw the headline, I was real disappointed and I was kind of pissed off because, I mean, can you name a bigger black player in the NFL than Cam Newton right now? Nah, nah. Oh. Right. So I feel like if it's going to come from anywhere, it has to be him. It seems like he's kind of like trying to sidestep it. Like, it's not my, you know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. on me. Somebody else kind of take care of it. He's the biggest example of racism amongst fans in the NFL because he's held to a different standard than the white quarterbacks, just based off of his culture being different than theirs. They see stuff that they're not used to. or that- The problem with it is, I think, is... Remember uh, last year when he tried to, you know, address it like in a roundabout way, but then they basically attacked him for that. So, you know, I think, and it doesn't make it right, but like I said, I think that without it being a specific question asked about things going on in society, how do you think, do you think there's any correlation for how the way people are treated in society versus you being treated as a black quarterback or something to tie it all in like that? Like, I mean, he could have answered it. But like I said, he probably felt as though, you know, I went down this road before they crucified me. And I was just stating that, you know, I deal with different things as a black quarterback. And and so I, I think that's just one of those things. It's like we always addressing it. And, you know, he probably feels like it's not even anything coming of it. Like it, everyone already knows that I'm held to a different standard. I get what you're saying, but that causes me to lose a lot of respect for somebody. Somebody who I defend against white people who are always saying out of control stuff about the Bama all over social media, stuff like that. I kind of like when people say that kind of stuff to him, it bothers me 
Right. So now I feel like you want to be OJ, so you go over there with OJ. So whenever they, you know what I mean, they I'm, like, I'm not black. I'm OJ. OJ. He said. He said. He's like. It's like. He, yeah, nah, it's I like, mean, it's like, it's like you, you see two youngins fighting in the park, like a, a dude like about to put his hands on the young. You be like, hey, young, chill out, bro. Like, don't put your hands on her, dog. And then she's like, he's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, and then she's like, no, but he loved me. He loved me. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Nah, I mean, all I'm not saying, trying to hurt me. My thing is like, Harold, if you were to ask that specific question again to Aaron, like I said, not. Not anything dealing with society, just about the question that I remember that you just read was, like I said, asking Cam Newton on how he feels, you know, fans are racist towards him. Not anything about society. So, I'm, that's my point. They they link together, though. Society and the fans, and it's all linked together. The fans are made up of our society. Like, we, that, I mean, the NFL is the biggest sport in America. So to say, like, the fans, like, I think people believe certain things. Like, no, like, call a spade a spade. It was, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely a, a very politically correct way to respond to that question. But he definitely, and you said it yourself, he could have said, yes, I do feel like that I get racism from, from certain fans because they don't understand me culturally or they don't understand, you know, some things that, that, that I do. And they may have different beliefs and he could have rooted beliefs in, into that too. But just to say like, almost act like racism doesn't exist and, and that didn't like, and to really remove it from the fans and say, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, if you just trying to obey Massa, like he told you, like, you going to do this GQ magazine, don't you say nothing reckless now. I, I, here's like, I'll just say this last thing and I don't know whether, uh, you know what I mean, it's true or there's any validity to it, but, uh, you know, I, I basically, I heard where like this was his first time working with this writer like that maybe he didn't feel comfortable, you know, saying certain things because he didn't, you know, trust the writer a certain way. Like, now I don't, I don't know how valid something like that is. I mean, I'm sure that obviously athletes have their preferred reporters that they leak information to and that they give interviews to. Um, but my thing is, even if that was the case, he couldn't get anybody from Sports Illustrated that he knows. Maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I, I just right, throw Jeff. that out there. What y'all think? If I agree with what you're saying, but he wasn't prepared for anything without something very specific, then I would have, for me, what would have been acceptable to have been next question. But to say what he said after that, to me, I lose respect for. You don't think? You don't think? Even if it weren't, it, even if it wasn't you, that that people would have felt how you feel now if he said next question because he didn't answer the question? No, no, I, I know he probably would have got criticism either way. I definitely know he would have got criticism. Okay. But I, but you can be criticized but not lose respect. Right. You know what I mean? And for him to say what he said, it's almost like you told the company line for the other side. Like it's 2016, it's no racist. You know what I mean? Like to me, that just, that's almost the worst thing you can say. Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> flash report. The Bama, did you just see what I just sent you, Ern? Uh, oh my goodness. 
this is this is fodder. We're not gonna take it. Yes, rest of the, but <laughs> but the word on the street, and we not even this ain't gossip, media takeout. We ain't none of them. But reportedly, RG three is in the process of filing for divorce from uh what his wife Rebecca. Sources um, say already. <laughs> so, so, so to me, <sighs> I'm out, man. That nigga's tripping. Yeah, dog. This is so bad, young. Like, do you marry for love stuff, or do you marry for money? Dog, that's what, it's, that's stuff, it's, it's stuff I, I I would like to say, but we at the end of the show. I'm gonna go ahead. And, uh, you probably might cut it anyway. So, <laughs> hey, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna tab that. That's on. We coming back on the podcast. Tuesday and we talking all about that because I'm sure as as we flow through this week more details are going to come out and it'll it'll show us everything we need to we need to know um follow us at BLK Sports 980 uh thank you for our, our guest Justin Dr. Justin Gordon uh joining us today uh and that's it we out peace Shut up. We've talked about Let me speak. How 